of the year that I can remember in a long time. There, there isn't a real consensus in any position as far as pecking order goes. Maybe with the exception of the very, very first few running backs, the very first few wide receivers, and the quarterbacks as well. It just seems Mahomes, Herbert, and Josh Allen are kind of like entrenched in that one, two, three thing. And then, honestly, I think you and I could sit down in 10 different drafts and people would view quarterbacks from, let's say, 4 to 15 differently in every one of them. Same thing maybe at running back and, and wide receiver as well. I just think due to the fact that we haven't seen much of these guys, teams are holding out their starters, uh, especially running back with these committees coming in and, and, and you just hear so many different things. I just think there really isn't much of a consensus. It, it wasn't like this for a long time. It was a little easier to try and decipher a bit of a pecking order, but I think uh, – there's, there's a lot of confusion out there, and uh, you, you were telling me yesterday uh, about a couple of different drafts you were in, stock contrast in quarterback prices in, uh, in, the, in the leagues that you drafted in. Yeah, so, you know, again, uh, as we've talked about before, you know, this certainly, uh, each league has its own kind of characteristics that go alongside of it. There are different attributes that occur if you're in keeper leagues or not, but yeah, you, you and I did a draft on Saturday where you know Russell Wilson ends up being the most expensive quarterback. Of course, timing ends up being a part of that. He, he goes for the same amount of money as Josh Allen. Now, he may well have an outstanding year, but by the way, I actually took a look at uh, Russell Wilson on natural grass, and his numbers are a lot lower on natural grass. So it'll be interesting to see kind of how all this shakes out at the end of the day. But but that was a timing thing. Uh, and in, in, in the draft I did yesterday, another auction draft, you know, people kind of ignored the quarterback. They just they just said, hey, you know, it, the top 12 guys, uh, you know, they're, they're all kind of like, you know, they're all going to go for kind of like around the same value somewhere in an auction league, $100 auction, somewhere between, you know, 8 and 5 and $4. And that's just the way it went. Uh, there was a lot less hullabaloo over that position as as opposed to the draft that we did on Saturday. And, uh, you know, I, I would say this. I said, I think that, you know, we talked about this in, in one of our podcasts. I, I thought there was a big drop-off after those first 10, 12 guys this year. And maybe some people, you know, heeding, heeding that, um, not, not just my warning, but in their research, as well, feel, feeling the same way, but 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 that there are certain other developments that are, that are definitely happening um, in in the drafts that I've done with, and uh, and I think I thought that was a good opportunity for us to kind of talk about it. I, I, here's the one thing I would say was I'm going to move to that's the quarterback situation. I'm I'm going to move to running back, and to me, uh, it's been quite interesting to watch three running back pairs, uh, and in terms of the value the valuation of those players. Uh, this, this, is, this is pure redraft leagues, not keeper leagues. Uh, the disparity between Ezekiel Elliott and Tony Pollard, the disparity between Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon, and the gap between, uh, and in most instances, quite frankly, Ramondre Stevenson is going for more money than Damian Harris. Those three running back groups, um, those, those are the three groups that I kind of wanted to talk about. Uh, I wanted to get your impressions on that. Again, this is purely redraft, not keeper leagues. But the gap is definitely closed between those two, the, the, the first two that I mentioned in particular and a nod to Ramondre Stevenson over Damian Harris right now. Yeah, I think the news on, on Stevenson has just been so 
overwhelmingly positive that it's maybe kind of made that situation a little disjointed. Um, I don't know. I know, you know, this, you know, he's going to take over the James White role. That's the latest thing with Stevens. Yeah, but he's not going to do what James White did with some of those plays. I mean, he was a real specialist. Um, so we'll have to see how that plays out. I, I just think, like, some of this is a bit of an overreaction um, as far as disparity and, uh, and um, you know, in contrast, I, I think it's, very difficult and I don't know like I like Ramondre Stevenson but you know he he makes a a, you know a pass protection error or um you know cross the ball up one time I mean he'll be he'll he'll be sitting next to Bell standing next to Belichick for a couple of games I mean it's this is a it's a very difficult situation to read especially with what's going on with that offense and yeah um, Matt Patricia's calling Matt Matt Patricia's calling plays right now it's ridiculous I don't I, I mean I understand, you know, what you know, the people want to get excited about Stevenson. I do, but I don't know. I think you got to take a little bit moment to pause there and see what that that kind of like that offense looks like. And how about those two other groups, the Green Bay duo and and, and the Dallas duo, where where Elliott has really dropped out of the first kind of ten, twelve running backs, like very, very distinctly. Yeah, I mean, we've been talking about that. That Tony Pollard kind of looks like he has livelier legs and. The thing is, the you know their their offensive line is in shambles, and I don't know. I mean, look, if you could get Ezekiel Elliott in an auction league at a, at a discounted price, you know that's that's okay, and you certainly back him up with Pollard, like I know my boy Johnny Burke did yesterday in uh, in a draft with you. That that that's fine, but like I've seen leagues where people are drafting Ezekiel Elliott like it's a couple of years ago, and uh, I'm not quite sure about that one. Uh, and and was a, a couple other players I want to kind of talk about. It seems like the the, the Pierce. Uh, we we talked about Damian Pierce. Now I, I'd say the one worry you have about Damian Pierce is I expect the Houston Texans to be playing from behind a lot, which is not exact, exactly advantageous for a running game. But it's very clear that he's moved up significantly uh, in terms of his draft standing. Um, Two players that have clearly dropped sharply uh, in terms of desirability uh, has been Miles Sanders and Josh Jacobs. Uh, very, very clear. And maybe one player that is getting a slight second lease on life here uh, based on what transpired with Brian Robinson uh, in Washington is that you know it looks like Antonio Gibson is going to have the opportunity, at least for the first quarter of the season uh, to establish himself as uh, as a force again in that Washington backfield. Yeah, and you're just touching base because you wanted me to do that. I, I, I like, you know, Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon are, you know, two players that are just, they're both very good players, and they both have standalone value, and they're both good receivers. They, they both do everything well. Um, so this is going to be a situation where, in my mind, Green Bay is going to be playing both of them on the field often at the same time, which is something that I don't understand why a lot of teams don't do uh, when when two of their best offensive players happen to be running back. You know, I, I just did not believe that one of them should always be on the sideline. So I think you'll see a lot of Jones and Dylan, and you'll see maybe a little bit more of Jones even in the passing game. Um, so I like both. I like both of those players. I'm, I'm just going to say this thing about Pierce. I know this guy is rising up the and he is a good football player, and he's going to be a good football player. 
But I mean, you have to, you know, expectations have got to be realistic here. Rex Burkhead, you know, he, he may not be everyone's favorite guy to watch play football, but he is a solid player. And when you have a young quarterback, you want someone back there that you know is going to be reliable in the passing game and is going to be elite at pass protection. And it's difficult sometimes to have a second-year quarterback with a rookie running back. We saw this firsthand with the Jets last year. And um, I, I just feel that, you know, he he's a good player. But I just feel where he's being drafted at in some of these things is uh, it's a little bit much for my liking. All right. Um, that's that's all I have at running back with in terms of some of my uh, early interpretations uh, about what's going on here. Uh, moving on to the receiver position. Um, the, the news on Chris Godwin keeps getting better. Um, he seems to be heavily discounted in a lot of leagues that I've done drafts in at this point in time. So... I'm going to guess that's going to start to shift as we get into into week two of drafts. Uh, I, I read today where he shed his brace, uh, so something for people to pay attention to. Um, the one thing I'm noticing, Wiz, as well, is a very, very distinct difference uh, in terms of valuation of Cortland Sutton versus Jerry Judy. Uh, I'm not sure that I agree it should be as wide as it is cr- currently in auction drafts and in snake drafts, but nonetheless, that's the case. And I'm very intrigued uh, in a lot of these leagues. Again, I've done mostly auctions thus far, uh, but the strategy around players like uh, DeAndre Hopkins and, and, and Mike Thomas, Mike Thomas, who's going to be back early, but has not played football in a couple of years, really, and Hopkins, who's serving a six-month, uh, a six six, sorry, a six-game suspension at this point. Yeah, I think, um, you know, with Hopkins, you kind of know what you're going to get. You know, you just have to, you know, do some math here and figure out what his value would be uh, based on a full season and then kind of like subtract one-third of the season and then let that be your guide in auction drafts in terms of price and the snake drafts in terms of rounds. Um, you know, as far as where he goes, and at, certain, at, one, at some point he becomes value. I'm with you on the duo in Denver. I just know that this Colton Sutton, this is just another situation where you just feel one guy is just getting hyped and hyped and hyped and the other guy, and and we've seen it, I mean, two and three times the, the price of, of Sutton over Judy is ridiculous. And look, analyzing the players, <clears throat> um, you know, the, the thinking behind the new head coach is that they don't want Russell Wilson to get into the bad habits of, get, of holding on to that ball and taking sacks. And they want him to throw the ball quickly. And if he's going to throw the ball quickly, I'm just sorry. He's going to throw it to Jerry Judy in those type of situations who's an elite route runner. And Colin Sullen is terrific with 50-50 passes. And I think he's going to throw a lot of those balls to Sutton the same way he did to DK Metcalf. But as far as quickness, route running, and timing plays, I feel Jerry Judy is more of the Tyler Lockett and Sutton is the more of the DK Metcalf. So if you prefer calling someone, okay, I, I, I could I be debated into understanding that. But I'm sorry, not at the disparity in price and not at the disparity in rounds and snake traps. Yeah, yeah, that's currently uh, what I'm seeing. And how about on Godwin? Do you kind of agree that that valuation is, is going to move sharply higher this week? I've been in four drafts, and I got Godwin on every one of my teams. Yeah, so. um, I, I, I was in a league with you on Saturday where somebody paid more for Drake London than I paid for Chris Godwin. Yeah, which is crazy. 
which is, you know, so uh, I'm okay with, you know, whatever the news. I'm, I'm just watching the guy, and he's looking great. And, okay, and this is, you know, a week, two weeks. I'm fine. I mean, I'm, I'm good with that. I mean, if I'm getting a player at half the price because he may miss a week and he may not even miss that week, um, you know, I'm, I'm good with that. All right. Um, how about your impressions at tight end thus far? I think we've seen something very interesting, honestly. After the first few guys, people are completely indifferent about the position, and I, I'm, I'm not getting that one. I mean, we just, you know, saw what happened with our league where, I don't know, I got feel like I got two top seven, eight guys, certainly in the top ten. I like your two guys that you got. You got them both for a dollar. I got mine for both three three $3 each, and kind of surprised about that one. It looks like, you know, People are kind of willing to relinquish and not even care about tight ends after the first few guys. I just that kind of surprised me. Yeah, and, and and Waller certainly has fallen in terms of appreciation at this point in time. Uh, yeah, yeah, I think uh, well, you know, him, him just missing time, and you know, maybe people thinking, um, how many, you know, well, what's it going to look like with Devontae Adams there, and how many passes going to get thrown to him, but. Yeah, it just seems like it's Andrews and Kelsey in a class by themselves and kind of like, you know, Kittle, Schultz, and um, and, and Waller, uh, and then maybe a little T.J. Hawkinson, and then after that, no one's really, you know, paying attention to the position. I think uh, in leagues where tight ends are a separate category, I feel like that's really the value there, waiting and waiting and waiting, and then getting somebody that is going to finish in top you know, six or seven at the position. Yep, I don't disagree. Uh, and any impressions at this point in time, kicker and defense? It seems to me, um, at least the drafts I've done at this point in time, there's there's a, people want one of the good defenses and one of the good kickers. Uh, they'll pay a little bit of a premium, but it seems like that premium for kickers and defenses has come off a little bit. Yeah, it really has. I mean, I think, you know... It kind of always flip-flops. It, it appears that the Bills are now the consensus number one defense. I'm not sure. I mean, I was just thinking about some of those, you know, that, that AFC championship game. Uh, what, what, there wasn't even a championship game. The game against the, the Chiefs, um, where without Stavius White, uh, they couldn't stop a nosebleed, and he's not going to be with them for the first, you know, first few games of the year. And I don't know how long it's going to take for them to be. Um, him to be 100%. So I think there are a few teams that people look at, the Bills, Chargers, 49ers. And then after one, after that, you know, it's kind of, like you said, just teams with uh, right kind of like in the middle of the pack that uh, that, 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 that are, you know, ranked anywhere from like 5 to 12. Did you uh, have a different view or did you see anything in your drafts where there was a uh, you know, something different it appears to me like kind of like the Bills and then a few of those teams people are willing to spend a few dollars on. Yeah, I, I think so. I, I think there's a willingness uh, still, and we'll see how it evolves, uh, you know, over the course of the season. But I think that streaming aspect of things uh, is something that, you know, some leagues are very happy doing, like are uncomfortable doing. So you'll constantly be seeing even good defenses dropped on a regular basis. So, um, right, yes. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I think I think I think philosophically that's where that's where people are, are are at when it comes to that. It's no more sign up a defense and hold on and hold on to them for dear life. There's really only 
there, there's not many defenses like they used to be, like the set it and the forget it defenses where like it doesn't matter who you're playing, where they're playing. I just think like fantasy football has evolved into you take a defense late, you spend very little money on them in an auction draft, and then the, really the way to go is kind of like streaming and looking in advance at, at matchups that you like for uh, defenses that are free agents in your league. Yep. I, I agree. So, uh, yeah. Anything else that you have to add? I'm, I, that's pretty much uh, that's pretty much pretty much my kind of ob- observances from the early uh, drafts that I have done. Yeah, and I think we'll we'll, we'll circle back to this uh, later in the week. We have three more drafts. Um, two we're against each other, and then one where we're partners. Uh, and then we can kind of like circle back and see if uh, this trend has continued, or um, if we've noticed any uh, any any changes to what we've seen so far. All right, fantastic. So Guru and Wiz Fantasy Football Podcast. We are on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud. Uh, Hopefully uh, people have been listening and learning and uh, along for the ride with us. Uh, Definitely a lot of fun, Wiz. Uh, Good luck tonight in the draft. And, uh, yeah, more to come this week as we uh, head into that Thursday night uh, first game action uh, where the Rams are going to be hosting the Buffalo Bills. Yeah, and we're going to do our betting uh, podcast and draft game starting this week as well. Fantastic. All right, Wiz, we'll talk later. Uh, Have a good night. You too.